this brief teaching tonight, Lord, on a Tuesday night prayer. Lord, I pray that you'll just speak through me the words of life and let it fall into good fertile soil of your spirit. Take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit, Lord, that remains until Jesus comes. Let it go forth and be fruitful tonight. Let everything be accomplished. You will be done by the awesome anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, allow us to get captivated and locked in to give you our best year and full attention. Alright, this is not going to be long, but just hear me tonight. I did a, a teaching on Saturday night on defeating Ahab, and I, I really felt it was probably one of the more significant sermons I've ever preached in our ministry because I felt it pertained to so many people. And if you haven't heard that, I want you to make it a point to go out of your way to listen to it. And those of you that were here, thank you for being here, but I want you to think about going back and listening to it a second time because you'll get more out of it the second time than you did the first, okay? I sent out notes. I sent out a prayer guide. Y'all hear me? This is not just something that's a quick, easy little battle. This is something that you've got to commit to prayer and fasting over time. We're in a season of breakthrough. And the next couple months, this is the time to really pray about this Ahab stuff, okay? Really commit it to prayer and fasting. You may, just on your own, do a 21-day partial fast about these breakthroughs and let that be dealing some with Ahab as well. But 21 days of partial fasting is so powerful, you may give up during that time maybe meat or you may give up junk food. Many of you eat way too much junk food anyway, all right? So do 21 days where there's no junk food whatsoever and you watch God move. Because that's a sacrifice. And that's similar to what Daniel did. He didn't use lotions. He didn't use, uh, he didn't eat, what was it, the meat or whatever. He just ate real healthy for 21 days. But do something where you set, set apart a time of prayer and fasting about this Ahab stuff. But make a list of things that you need major breakthroughs. Because the next two months are going to be major, major breakthroughs. Okay? And I felt that as we prayed tonight. I, I really felt that there was some major stuff accomplished in the Spirit tonight. I, man, I feel it. So anyway, let me just do a little follow-up. But please hear me that this Ahab thing is not something that is necessarily quick and easy, like a quick, easy fix. I'll come up here. Pastor Scott will pray for me. I'll feel something happen. Then it's just, that's it. That's not like that. It's you got to let the Holy Spirit get down in you and literally alter who you are. How many knows the Holy Spirit can rewire you? He can reprogram you. Things that you've been that way your whole life, the Holy Spirit can go in there and go, let's just tweak this a little bit now and just turn that thing and then you'll be totally different. And Ahab will lose his power. Let the Holy Spirit do that in you, but it's going to take some time. So I'm really strongly encouraging people on your own between you and God to seek Him for the next couple months in prayer and fasting and maybe on your own, it's totally between you and God if you feel led to sow something to the poor in Israel. And you can do it through us. You don't have to. But I'm just saying that is powerful. That's powerful. There's promises that are linked to prayer. There's promises that are linked to fasting. And there's promises linked to giving. That when it all comes together, it's a very powerful thing. So anyway, I sent out a prayer guide. If you want to use that, I recommend you do. Um, let's, let me just give you a couple quick things. And this is a really short follow-up, okay? But Revelation chapter 17 talks about the whore that was riding the scarlet beast. The whore is Jezebel. The scarlet beast is symbolic of Ahab. 
These are in-time, last-day, ruling spirits that the church is going to face. These spirits operate very powerfully through rebellion and witchcraft and control. We know that. But they also operate very powerfully in a religious way. One of the ways they operate is this. They try to counterfeit the Holy Spirit. I want you to really pray about that. They try to counterfeit the Holy Spirit. They try to pretend to be His leading. That's how come people that have had issues with this seem to be led by the Spirit to marry somebody that has a Jezebel spirit. It's, it's a counterfeit leading that is going to work very hard to try to bring the wrong person in your life to, to get you out of the will of God. These spirits work very hard to get people out of the will of God, out of the church God put them in, disconnect them like we talked about you know, with William Branham, incredible man of God, I have the utmost respect, but toward the end of his life, what he disconnected with um, Gordon Lindsay who was supposed to be in his life, but there was a disconnect. And remember I told you that one of the spirits that William Brenner faced was, was the spirit of Jezebel. So the enemy tries to disconnect you. This Jezebel they have tried to disconnect you from covenant, important, divine relationships in your life. Okay, I'm going to show you that through Scripture. But I first wanted to show you that Jezebel and Ahab are end time spirits. We're in the last days. These are things that we're going to face. And you're already facing him. But let me show you the life of Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 19. We know the story. Elijah in, in 1 Kings 18. The word of the Lord came to him. Remember, he called all of the prophets of Baal and Asherah to come to Mount Carmel. The Amplified Bible brings out that, that Elijah rebuilt an old altar that was actually to the Lord that Jezebel had torn down. But he rebuilt that old altar, put the stones back. He, do you remember the prophets of Baal were trying to call down fire? God prevented all that nonsense. And they put a, a bull on there. They poured out the water. The fire of God fell. And when that happened, the people of God repented. And Elijah took all those prophets. It was like 850 people. It's a lot of people. He took them down into the Kidron Valley and slaughtered all of them. When that happened, revival started breaking out symbolically in Israel that now the rain was going to come. But it took that confrontation to break the power of that spirit. Then it took the people of God repenting. Then it took God, um, Elijah removing these false prophets and, and destroying the work of the devil. Once that was cleared away, then the rain came. Revival came. But I want you to notice Elijah because he faced a spirit of Jezebel and a spirit of Ahab in his own personal life that ended up taking him out. I'm going to show you that. Elijah was an incredible man of God. But listen, after Elijah did all of that, it says in 1 Kings chapter 19 that Ahab went and told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, how he had killed the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid. Now why in the world? But anyway, let me read the story. I'll come back. Elijah was afraid. He ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. So he left the person that was with him there, and he went off in isolation by himself. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. 
I have had enough, Lord, he said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. He became depressed and suicidal. He was by himself. He isolated himself. He ran away in fear. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat and drink, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. God has sent him an angel to try to help snap him out of this stupor that he was in. Gave him some kind of supernatural food that sustained him 40 days. How many knows a little bit of bread and water don't sustain you 40 days unless God's in that bread and water? The Lord appeared to Elijah. All right, here we go. The word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put up prophets, to, or put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there came an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Then after the fire came a gentle whisper, and when Elijah heard it, he pulled the cloak of the prayer shawl over his face, went out, stood on the, the mouth of the cave, and the voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death by the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, Go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram, number one. Number two, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, over, king over Israel. And then number three, anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death anyone that escapes the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death anyone who escapes the sword of Jehu. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and mouths who, who have not kissed him. So Elijah went there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen. He himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak over him, his prayer shawl, I'm sure his mantle. And Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said. And then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah said. What have I done to you? So Elisha left and went back, took the yoke of oxen. This was his means, his secular job. He, just, he killed the yoke of oxen. He destroyed the, uh, the yokes and burned them and um, he gave everyone there something to eat then he set out to follow Elijah so in other words he, he quit his secular job and went into the ministry with Elijah as a prophet but let me tell you this why in the world did Elijah who previously had sat on a mountain and there was, there was groups of military men with swords that had come to Elijah and said you're coming back with us and Elijah said if I am a man of God, may fire come from heaven and consume you. Fire came down and fried them. Okay, And then there was another group that was sent to capture Elijah. Elijah did the same thing. Sitting on the mountain, never got up, never had to strain himself. Fire came down and fried the second group. Then a third group came. This man was wise. And he, went, he humbled himself down and crawled up to Elijah and said, Man of God, have mercy on me. I'm, I'm a military man. I'm under orders. I have to be here. Just don't fry me and my people, okay? And so Elijah had mercy on him. But let me tell you, how could a, a man of God who had already done that and then stood on Mount, uh, Mount Carmel and, and 
called down fire from heaven. The prophets of Baal were prevented from doing anything like that. Called down fire. Then he went and killed 850 men by himself. How could this man, after all these great victories and seeing all these miracles of God now, be in a depression, suicidal, isolated himself, wanting to give up and die? The only explanation is it was a supernatural witchcraft oppression from Jezebel and Ahab that was pressing down on him. And Elijah did not handle it well. See, whenever you come under an attack from a Jezebel spirit or an Ahab spirit, it's serious. It's very serious. And Elijah should have went around um, the people of God, but instead, he even left his servant behind and went off by himself in isolation. You don't ever do that. Don't ever isolate yourself. Get out of church and away from the people of God. When you're under attack, that's the time to get in church and surround yourself with people. But let me give you some things about Elijah. Elijah was oppressed by these dark forces. He wanted to quit, give up, and die. That is a sign of being under attack of an Ahab and Jezebel spirit. Depression and suicidal. Another is this. Elijah was being passive by fleeing instead of confronting. Do you see Ahab there? Now why in the world would Elijah, who had just faced military men, fried them, then faced 850 men, even if they were all wimps. They're still, by virtue of the fact there's 850 of them. But he faced them and killed all them. And now he's running from a little witchy woman. Think about it. What Elijah should have done on that day, he was probably sitting on a rock, and this servant came. And he should have told that servant, so Jezebel, this is what he should have said, so Jezebel's threatening to kill me. Okay, So I'm going to sit on this rock And she said by this time tomorrow I'm going to be dead right I'm going to be here tomorrow by this time If I'm not dead You tell Jezebel I'm coming to her house And she's going to be dead Okay I'm not going backward I'm going toward her tomorrow That's what he should have said But he, he played the Ahab And he was afraid for some reason Of that confrontation I don't know why, but there was something supernatural that tried to intimidate him. And he became, he became afraid of that confrontation, and he fled out in the wilderness. Another thing was, Elijah had to be replaced. Let me tell you, the reason why I want you to listen to me, please listen to this sermon on Ahab, and listen to it again. Make it a point because of this. Ahab is one spirit that can cause people to lose their destiny in God. Did you hear me? Out of all the dark spirits that attack people, of all the things people go through, Ahab is one that can actually steal your destiny in God to where you have to be replaced and God has to use somebody else instead of you. Did you hear that? I gave you eight Ahabs Saturday. Let me give you now a ninth. Elijah became an Ahab. And because he went off into the wilderness and became depressed and suicidal and he wanted to give up, he went into a cave and he was praying there and listen to him. The Lord says, Elijah, think about the Lord doesn't just say things. The Lord was saying, why are you here? Why aren't you at Jezebel's house, you know, with the sword? Why, why are you here? And Elijah, listen to him, this depressed man, because I am the last of the prophets. And they've killed all your prophets. They've rejected you. I'm the only one left. How many has ever felt that way?
way. I'm the only one. Now just let me die. That really, that really was what he was saying. And then God asked him a, a second time, Elijah, no, you didn't hear me the first time, Elijah. What are you doing here? You're supposed to be at Jezebel's house. And Elijah says, Lord, they've forsaken your you know, covenant. They've broke down your altars. I'm the only one left. He repeated the same song and dance. You know, He's all depressed. He wants to die. And so the Lord tells Elisha this. He says, now, basically this is what the Lord is saying. I want to use you, but because you're being Ahabish and you're passive and you've given up, you want to die now. You don't want to be used anymore. I cannot use you the way I want to. So now here's what you're going to do. Number one, go anoint Hazael king over Aram. Now Hazael was a heathen. But God used him like God used Nebuchadnezzar to bring judgment on Israel. And God will use the, the, the heathen sometimes to chastise God's people. That's why God's allowing things like terrorism in America. It's, it's, a, it's a chastisement. To help bring America to repentance. But anyway, the second thing, God said, now go anoint Elisha to succeed you as prophet. Now that was a sad statement, to succeed you. Because you're about to get go. I might have to remove you because I can't use you anymore. But Elisha is going to succeed you as prophet. What marked Elisha's life? He got a major, huge increase of anointing. If you're going to defeat Jezebel and Ahab, you need a major, significant increase of anointing. And then God said to anoint Jehu. Jehu was a hardened warrior that had zero tolerance. He was a rough dude. He was the Chuck Norris of his day, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway, he was a rough guy. So Jehu had zero tolerance, was very rough, and God knew that Jezebel would not be able to mess with him and manipulate him. Whenever Jehu rolled up, and you can read this whole thing, you can start with like 1 Kings 16, 17 and go all the way to 2 Kings 11 and it goes through this whole story. But Jehu, whenever he came into town, Jezebel tried to paint herself up with makeup and try to be seductive. And Jehu just looked at her and said, throw her out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't do anything for him, friend. He was rough. I'm telling you, he was a rough character. And then he goes and he do, and he slaughters all of Ahab's descendants. But that's what it takes to defeat. People say, how do you defeat Jezebel and Ahab? Number one, you're going to have to allow... God sometimes is going to bring some trials. Like Hazael, king of Aram, he's going to bring some trials in. The refining fire of trials that will help deal with some things. Number two, you need a major increase of anointing. Major. Number three, he will begin to try to change you to be more like a Jehu where there's no tolerance toward it anymore. And when you're dealing with the Jezebel spirit, there has to, you have to be rough and you can't have any tolerance. But then they'll, they'll manipulate that and make you look like a mean ogre or whatever. But nonetheless, if you'll stay the course, you'll get the victory. So let me close with this. Reclaim every throne that you've given away. What, what does it cost you up to this point because of passivity? What ground has the enemy been able to take in your life? Have you abdicated areas that you should be in authority over 
you should be ruling over, but because of passivity, you didn't want to confront, you didn't want to deal with things you should have dealt with, that you've allowed the enemy to gain ground in your life, maybe sexually, gain ground in your life financially, gain ground in your life where you used to be really strong, but there's like a weakness in your life, where, where you once were really maybe authoritative, now there's a passivity there. You see what I'm saying? What is the enemy, what ground has he taken that now you need to repent and go back and reclaim all that ground? You need to go now and, and, and reclaim every throne that you're supposed to be sitting on ruling over, but he's sitting on. You need to dethrone him. See, really what Ahab should have done was, Ahab allowed Jezebel really to rule, rule the kingdom through him, but he should have put her in her place and pulled her down off the throne and been the king he should have been. You see what I'm saying? You've got to pull down the altars of the enemy. Whatever it is the enemy's gained ground, you've got to pull down those altars, stone by stone, those strongholds that you've allowed, and now you've got to come above it and begin to rule over those things. Another thing about a Jezebel and Ahab spirit, both, there's a rebellious streak that's in Jezebel's and Ahab's period. Across the board, there's a rebellion there. And that rebellion has got to be broken. That's why I'm encouraging people to pray and fast on your own about these issues and about breakthroughs that you need. You, you may need a job. You may need whatever it is that you need a breakthrough. These two months are very key about that. But seek the Lord about, is there a rebellious streak in you that it be broken and you die to it? Many things can be defeated in prayer and fasting. If we'll really humble ourselves in prayer, the Lord will break that within people. Number two, you need to break all ungodly control. Is there people in your life Parents, grandparents, uh, friends, some somebody that you work with that has gained control over you. You better break that control. You, it may have to come to a confrontation. But do not let them control you anymore. You follow the Lord into your destiny. Jesus had to break it when his mother and brothers came and they were believing that he had lost his mind. And they came there to set him straight. He was teaching. And they went there to confront him about it. Talk to him. Jesus, you've lost your mind. You think you're the son of God. We don't know what you're doing. But you need to come home and get back to work with the carpentry. And just relax. Let this thing go. And whenever his mothers and brothers came, he was there teaching. And people said, they've come. Your mother's come. Your brothers have come. And Jesus broke that right there. He said, who are my mothers and my brothers? those that follow me and he broke that control in other words he was saying you're not going to control me and my ministry and my destiny I'm moving forward into God you hear what I'm saying allow a freedom from fear of rejection fear is the biggest door to Ahab and Jezebel period I mean hands down fear is probably the biggest door because people because of fear they start trying to control or because of fear, they allow themselves to be controlled. You've got to die to all the fear, the fear of rejection, and any fear that's in your life whatsoever. And you know, Ahabs can also be controlling. Because they get afraid, they try to control, they don't want to lose control. Ahabs can be controlling too. Make sure that you're not controlling other people, and you're not letting other people control you. The bottom line is, Ahabs need to have a godly security, confidence, and boldness. The Holy Spirit has got to impart in you a confidence and a boldness and a security 
that you can get in the face of a Jezebel and tell him, you're not going to control me. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to be manipulated. But Jezebel and Ahab, they try to seduce people into sexual sins. They try to seduce people into idols. And they try to seduce people into the occult. Jezebel and Ahab are seducing spirits. They rule over that. They try to seduce people into the occult. They try to seduce people into sexual sins. And they try to seduce people into idolatry of different kinds. They are the spirits that many times are behind backsliding. Because see, under them, you have spirits I've preached on, like whoredoms, seducing spirits, sensuality, and not all of it's sexual. I'm talking about a spirit of whoredoms is a spirit of unfaithfulness. And this has to do with backsliding. They also cause a lot of compromise, like I talked about Saturday, get people to compromise their convictions. People know it's wrong. God's dealt with them. They could, God has convicted them about something they've, they've been watching or listening to or people they've been hanging around, places they go that they know they shouldn't be going. The way they dress, the way they talk, God's convicted them. They know I need to quit talking like that. But yet, a Jezebel and Ahab spirit will get people to justify that and compromise those convictions. But the main thing I wanted to say is this. Like Elijah, we cannot go backward. We've got to go toward this thing and crush it under your feet. And the way that you're going to defeat this is through prayer and fasting and really going after God. Okay? I mean, really letting the Lord do such a deep work inside of you. You know, there was a, there was a saying in Britain about this rock. And they said if you cut through it, it's, it's all the way through and through and it's symbolic. But listen, when the Lord cuts through us, it should be that there's nothing there except what the Lord wants in us. You see what I'm saying? If the Lord was to cut you right down the middle and open you up and look in you, there shouldn't be anything in there that the devil can exploit anymore. You're letting the Lord burn all of it out. That's why when Joseph, it was symbolic, Joseph said, don't leave my bones in Egypt. Whenever you guys leave Egypt, you take my bones out of here. And the reason why, Joseph means God will increase. That's what his name means. People want God to increase them, increase the anointing, increase their ministry or whatever. But first off, you've got to deal with all the bones in your past. How many has got skeletons in the past? Things that you need to deal with, that you need to get out of your life. You see what I'm saying? You've got to get all that junk, all those old skeletons out of your closet, get all that stuff out and dealt with, and then God will increase you. So anyway, I really strongly feel that some of you have been under an influence of, of an Ahab in one form or another, and it's been attacking there. And I feel like if you'll press in, that God is about to give some major breakthroughs. And when you get breakthroughs in this area, it's going to cause your spiritual authority to go up to a whole new level. There's going to be some confinement and containment that's broken. And I gave you that checklist, that prayer guide that had a checklist of things to pray over. But some of you know that generationally speaking, there's been things there. I believe God right now in this season of breakthrough is going to lay the axe to the root. And it's going to be dealt with once and for all 
And I mean, it's going to be thorough. It's going to be powerful. Here in a moment, I want to uh, do where we get some revelation going in here and pray, okay? But some of you could not be here Saturday. And God released a very intense anointing Saturday to overcome and conquer Ahab. And man, it was strong. And the Bible says in Romans 1, I believe 111, Paul says, How long be with you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift that will take you to a place of strength? God wants to release an impartation in you that will take you to a place of strength over these things. This is greater than you. You're not going to be able to defeat this with just willpower alone. You need the strength of the Lord and you need his fire to burn it out, okay? So especially those that could not be here Saturday, I want to real quickly pray for you. And anybody else that just wants a fresh touch, I'm going to move real quick with this. And then we're going to get into some revelation. So, Brother Zach, if you could shut down the recordings. And those that couldn't be here Saturday, if you want prayer real fast, I believe the Lord is going to release it.